0: This is Dore Lalliette and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode sixty two. to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions Podcast. And now your host, Deray O'Laleye. Welcome back, guys. This is another episode, another installment of the Before the Millions podcast, the podcast dedicated to lifestyle design before the millions. And speaking of lifestyle design, today we have on a lifestyle design enthusiast. We have somebody on who really puts in perspective the real meaning of lifestyle design, how to live life on your terms. And this episode is, is one of the funner episodes. I loved uh, the topics that we discussed. I love the fact that Ali was so open and honest to talk about what her lifestyle design is and how she was, she was able to get there. Oh, by the way, if you didn't already guess from the previous sentence, the guest on today's show is Mrs. Allie Boone. Allie is a lifestyle entrepreneur. She's a business consultant. She's a real estate investor, and she's literally defined nonconformity when it comes to having a career. She left her corporate job in, in aerospace engineering, basically a dream job, and she pursued a passive income. She pursued lifestyle design. And now that she's been able to build up her passive income to a certain level, she does what she wants all day, every day. Literally, guys, I mean, she's a pilot. She teaches others how to fly half the time when she's not flying, when she's not teaching other people how to fly. She's uh, she's snowboarding. She's hiking. She's volunteering in California prisons. I mean, Ellie has literally the life that a lot of us are looking to have. And what better lifestyle to have than a lifestyle close to Venice Beach. Right, guys? So, this is one of those episodes that really puts in perspective, at least for me, what I deem to be the perfect lifestyle and how I want to operate amongst my friends and my family, and how I want to operate amongst my business. As an entrepreneur seeking lifestyle design, it's very, very hard, especially in the formative years, especially in the earlier years. You know, you feel as though you have so much to do. There's always something more that you can be doing. There's always something that could be pushing the needle forward. And you want to work. You're working constantly, consistently until you, see, until you meet your goal. I mean, it's one of those things to where if you're not careful, you could burn yourself out. And those of us that are interested that are in this for lifestyle design, we kind of have to take a step back every once in a while and, and, and think about, am I creating... Because at this point, it's not your employer that's creating your life. You're creating your life. So you're like, am I creating the lifestyle that I want? Am I setting myself up for the success that I yearn for? Or am I creating another job? Am I creating a system that is always going to need me to work 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week? Or am I creating a system that I can eventually replace myself and become a passive income investor? And a lot of us will often find that we leave our our, our corporate job to create another job rather than leaving to create lifestyle design. And it's very easy to get caught up in that mix because now you're passionate about the things that you're doing. Now you're passionate about going to work every day and, and succeeding and helping other people succeed. And you may have thrown lifestyle design in the background, whereas that was your initial reason for becoming an entrepreneur. So today... We have an episode that's going to put things back in focus for you guys. It's going to put what truly matters at the very, very top of the ladder. And you're going to be able to evaluate your situation and figure out, are you gearing yourself towards the lifestyle that you've always wanted to live? So guys, without any further ado, let's get into the show. raise tip of the week. Since today's topic is predicated on lifestyle design, I want you guys to now Envision, visualize your perfect lifestyle. What does that look like? What are you doing on a daily basis? Who are you helping? What what's bringing you fulfillment? Where are you? Where are you traveling to? How are your loved ones incorporated? What do you define as a good time? What do you define as fun? What do you define as invigorating? What do you define as purpose? So when it comes to lifestyle design, I want you guys to start with the end in mind. Start with the end goal. And as I've said on plenty of podcast episodes, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. And if you can start with the end in mind and work toward a specified end, you're going to be that much closer to your dreams. You're going to be that much further along than everybody else because it's something that most of us don't think about doing. We go down an entrepreneurial journey, we go down a career path, we go down a W-2 path, and we don't really have a solidified end goal in mind. Sometimes we may have progressions that we want to hit, but there's no end-all be-all for us to know when we finally achieved our dream, when we finally achieved our goal. So start with the end goal in mind. And when you do that, all the clarity as far as the steps that you need to take to achieve that goal all the clarity suddenly appears. You can start asking yourself, will this task, will this visit, will this call, will these help me towards achieving my end result? And if not, you can do away with them. And if so, you can pursue them with 100% confidence that you are striving to meet your goal. So in the movie Alice in Wonderland, you guys remember Alice was talking to that cat in the woods and she was asking him, like, where should she go and how should she get about going where she's going? And she was like, would you please tell me which way I ought to go from here? And the cat responded, well, that depends a good deal on where you're looking to go. And in turn, she responded, well, I don't really care much where. And his last response was, well, then it doesn't matter which way you go. So I want you guys to think about that statement. I want you guys to internalize that statement plan for where you want to go. Then the questions that you ask yourself about how to get there and what steps are needed and what steps are necessary will become much, much clearer. So, guys, let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. On today's show, guys, we are speaking with lifestyle design enthusiast and investor, Mrs. Allie Boone. Allie, how's it going?
1: It is going amazing. And I'll tell you, when you just said welcome three times, you said welcome, welcome, welcome. That was the coolest thing. Like You really brought me into this welcome feeling. I I think I'm going to start saying welcome (laughs) three times to everybody I (laughs) I talk to.
0: (laughs) 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 I love it. I love it. Well, Allie, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I've done some research on you and I can't wait to let our listeners in on, on your life and what you do and how transformational the conversation we're about to have is really going to impact them. It's, it's simply going to be fascinating. But first, let's learn to know, like, and trust you, Ali. Let's take it back. Let's pick a date in history in which you started having these feelings, these aha moments that you were just like, hmm, what would life be like if I did this rather than this? Take us to that day. You
1: know, it's not even so much that I knew what I had to be doing, it's what I knew wasn't going to work. I remember being the rebellious teenager. For instance, my parents would try and ground me. Nothing would set me off worse than someone trying to tell me I was restricted or that I had to do things a certain way or I it's funny because I fly airplanes and for a long time I was thinking, oh, I want to be an Air Force pilot. In hindsight, that is so laughable to think that I would ever take instructions from anybody screaming them at me. And so I just remember as a kid, I was so independent and I felt so capable and I wanted freedom. I I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't even know what it meant at the time. And then I of course went down the typical road of get straight A's get a good job and, you know, take instructions from people. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get out of that, but I knew the minute I got in it, that I was not, it was not going to work. So I, since a little, I was little and I remember thinking this life is mine and I want to do things how I want to do them. And it, it kind of shook out from there.
0: I love that. So presently, currently, Ellie, you are a lifestyle entrepreneur. You're a business Absolutely. consultant you're a real estate investor. You've literally, you've literally molded and shaped your life the exact way that you wanted it to be. But maybe it, things didn't start out like this. So maybe what did you do you know, from those teenage years to maybe you know, your, your 20s and, and, and 30s? How did you start progressing? Did you go into the workforce? Did you go and get a nine to five job? And then what, what progression led you to real estate?
1: Yep. I did all of those things. I got the good grades and I, like I said, I was flying airplanes and I was originally going to pursue the pilot route, but then I decided I wanted to make more money and I didn't want really the pilot route. So I switched over to engineering. So I started studying aerospace engineering. I got a master's degree in it thinking that's what I should do. And then I got the job as an aerospace engineer thinking that's what I should do. And I started making the money that I liked, but I, I, I tell everybody I'll never forget the day So when I was in grad school, I was teaching flying as my income. And so my office was the sky. It was blue skies and I could set my schedule and I could do things how I wanted. And it was great. And then I get this engineering job, which was in a lot of people's mind, a dream job. And I'll never forget the first day I went to it. I walked down like a mile long tunnel because all the offices were underground. And I walked down this dreary tunnel and then I walk into my first new official cubicle and I looked around and the whole cubicle was gray it's underground I looked at what I was wearing which is door I am not good at dressing business casual I looked hideous <laughs> and I just it didn't even take 30 seconds of me standing there to think oh god like i I just felt the beginning of my soul being crushed <laughs> and and so I, I stuck with it for five years like I tried and I tried to make it work and I tried so much that I can, I can honestly say that it wasn't for me. Like I didn't want to leave there preemptively and not know officially, but I stuck around long enough and I tried different jobs. I tried to make it work for me and it wasn't working. So in that five years, again, from that first 30 seconds, I was pondering how to get out of it. And it, I didn't have necessarily a a trade or a skill or anything to offer as a business. I didn't have money to invest in real estate. I didn't know how this was going to happen, and it started this about five-year thing of just exploring everything and just trying different things. And then, finally, towards the end of it, things kind of started laying themselves out. And I didn't, I didn't have plans to start a real estate company. I didn't even know I was going to be involved in real estate. But it's how, it's where the paths all led me, and then you know, a lot of it for me was just following what presented itself to me. So I kind of did the work, I did the research, and things started happening, and I followed it. And six years later, here I am, as with my real estate company and living what I like to think is the dream.
0: I love it. And it truly is the dream. And we're going to get into your version of lifestyle design and what that dream looks like for you here shortly. But I want to talk about your feelings. While you were quote, unquote, in corporate America, while you were trying to find different roles and different jobs to maybe fi- to maybe bring you fulfillment Anything that you had. I mean, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about, you know, your status. It was it was maybe about fulfillment. It was about the 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 agony of maybe not having that control. You know, take yeah. us to that. time. I want I want to I want to get really relatable with our listeners, because I know that when I was in corporate America, before I took this entrepreneurial plunge, I was sold a dream. I mean, yeah. we talk about the dream that we, we live now, but I was sold a different dream. I was sold this dream that I should go work for the biggest, best accounting firm in the entire world. And that would be how I would find my fulfillment in the work that I would do there. And that if I wanted to progress in life, that means I needed to progress in the firm and I needed to get to partner status and I needed to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I had no control over that. Yeah, I could see, and I'm very analytical, so I could see year over year what our raises would be. And although our, our, our raises weren't industry standard, they were like above par. They mm-hmm. still it still wasn't cutting it for me as far as my lifestyle goals, my my vision of of my life, and what I want to do for myself and my family. I was like, "There's no way." First off, to get out of student loan debt, there's right. no way to really progress. And you know, I found myself on this hamster wheel, and I realized that everything that I had learned up until that point was a complete lie. Yeah. every single thing. And I, I needed to reprogram my mindset as far as my beliefs in money, my belief yeah. in business, my belief in entrepreneurship. And I need to reprogram everything that I had ever learned. And I started on that same journey that you started on. I yeah. started looking at different products. I started looking at different asset classes. And you know, I stumbled upon real estate, but I want to learn about your feeling during that time and how you were able to stumble upon real estate and how you decided that real estate was the right way to go.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, to the point you're saying, it's so true. I remember being about 13 years old and I had in my head at that time that I just wanted to make a ton of money. That was, and it not for the pretentious factor of it, because if you see me walking down the road, I look more like a homeless person than anyone with any (laughs) money. And I've I've always been like that. Like I, it's kind of like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, it was never about status or pretension. It was more about the problem solving part of it. For me, it's like, Ooh, I'm gonna make this goal and I'm gonna make it happen. Like that was the engineering brain in me. And through this whole journey, really to a lot of what you're saying is I now I it'd be great to make a bajillion dollars, but money is no longer my priority. Because when I started into this and I got out of corporate, and even when I was in corporate, like it was about how much money am I making each week, you know, like I I was I was all about the dollar amounts. And now that I've been through this journey. I, again, I would love to be a bajillionaire, but it's such a secondary thing for me. I want to be comfortable and I want to be able to pay my bills and do all that kind of stuff. but money's not my priority anymore it's freedom and it's it's experiences and i would I'd rather not be a bajillionaire and have the experiences and the lifestyle design part of it than be the bajillionaire that the thirteen year old me wanted and so it's been such a shift in priorities and yeah, it really just falls along with what you're saying and then as far as real estate. It was a little bit of an accident when I was exploring all I knew, you know, because none of us learned this in school. I don't know if they teach it now, but I know none of us really learned it. And so I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, I need out of corporate. I want to be my own boss. What am I going to do? And I knew that I either needed to start a business or do something with real estate. I didn't even know what that looked like, but those are just the two things that people always talk about doing. And I actually had kind of decided to go the business route because I didn't quite see, I didn't want to flip properties. I didn't want to swing hammers. I was like, Ugh, I, I'm all for working as little as possible. And that all sounded exhausting. So I had kind of decided to go the business route. And then coincidentally, some in real estate things popped into my email box and I kind of pursued them. And then one thing led to another, I made a huge real estate network and I ended up kind of accidentally building a real estate business. And so real estate is such I, being in this now, it's so interesting for lifestyle design because you know I always tell people like I am such a huge Rich Dad Poor Dad fan. Like he, that was the first book; it changed my whole mindset on money, as it did with a lot of people. And I've I have I'm looking at my bookshelf now. I've got a whole series of the Rich Dad books, and I really listened to what he was saying. And but one thing that I didn't get out of those books, which it didn't matter at the time, but now in hindsight is he talks about passive income and all this, but he doesn't really go into details about what passive income can really get you on the lifestyle side, on the mindset side, on like, what are the real, real benefits to passive income? And then on the flip side, I of course read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. And Tim dives more into lifestyle design and he talks about how cool it is but he doesn't really talk about how you can necessarily get there. His whole story was I started a t-shirt company and now I have this lifestyle design, yay. So what I really looked at with both of those is the what's in the middle of that. Tim talks about the cool things of lifestyle design, Robert talks about the passive income, but how do you get those things? And there's really a couple of ways to do it. One is more business related, but as far as real estate goes, there are ways to be a passive investor with real estate because the whole idea is you want to make money not working or working as little as possible. And so how do you do that? Because lifestyle design by itself is based on passive income. It has to be because if you have to work for your money, you're going to lose ability to do everything the way you want to do it. And if, how, if working is what you like, and that's cool, like whatever, but passive income really is the ticket to this whole idea of lifestyle design. And so it's like, how do you get passive income? And that's what I really like. I, it's my favorite thing to talk about with people is making it more clear. Cause I feel like if I'm, it's kind of like Robert Kiyosaki meets Tim Ferriss, like let's talk about the practical ways of how to make this Tim Ferriss life happen. If that's what you're desiring or whatever your version of that is. And that, Oh yeah, easily my favorite topic.
0: (laughs) And Ali, there couldn't be a better combination of books to kind of put together between Robert's books and, and, and Tim's book or his, all his books now. I mean, that's like the best combination for anybody looking for, you know, this type of lifestyle, looking for lifestyle mm-hmm. design, looking for passive income. And I'm going to ask you an actual Tim Ferriss question up next, because I think it's very relevant to what we're talking about. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, and you can get your message out to millions, maybe even billions of people, what would it say and why?
1: Oh man, I've never thought about that. Ooh, this is kind of I, I guarantee I'm gonna come up with something now. And then at three o'clock in the
0: morning when I'm in a
1: dead middle of sleep, I'm going to be like, oh my god, no, wait, change my answer.
0: <laughs> hey, we can, do that. <laughs> we can do that.
1: Oh man, yeah, we'll we'll I'll have to send you some new ideas as they come some, some,
0: some sound drops. <laughs>
1: you know, I don't know what the words would be. I would have to really think about the words, but my message to people in whatever way you can make a billboard of this is you really, if you create the lifestyle that you really love and enjoy, it is game changing. I mean, it just, I think about this every day. I'm so grateful for it every day. Like I sleep in most days and call me lazy if you want, but I love sleeping in. It is one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to wake up when my body wants to wake up. And when you are able to structure your life in a way that allows those things that truly bring you joy, I just, I can't even tell, I don't even know if I would know the words for the billboard because it's almost unexplainable just your general quality of life. So I'll, I'll have to kind of, I'll, I'll draw a picture of a billboard and have it next to my computer <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll brainstorm, I'll I'll send you some, uh, drafts. like you're going to get my engineering brain going like, Ooh, I can, I can draw it. Yay. But right. something to that effect of just really conveying to people, this is not just a concept. This is an absolute life changing way to go
0: i love it i love it and you know a little bit later ali i want to talk about you know as far as you know getting into the meat and potatoes of things i want to talk about what your idea of lifestyle design is and how to actually achieve that especially for somebody just now starting out and again i am a big advocate and my listeners will learn about this more about me more and more is that for me real estate is just a vehicle yeah I love real estate. I love the things that it does. I love the things that it provides. I love the the benefits that it has over a lot of different asset classes, but it's just a vehicle. Right. My message to people is that you can do anything. You 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 know, I want to help people change their thoughts about their beliefs about who they are what they're able to achieve, what type of lifestyle they're able to live, because we've been preconditioned, whether it's by our parents, whether it's by our, you know, our society, whether it's by whoever and whatever, we've been preconditioned to think that we're on this earth mm-hmm. to work in and yeah. not saying that there's anything wrong with that, especially if you're doing what you love, but when you're in a position in which you're working 70 hours a week for somebody else to make somebody else's family wealthy, you're paying the government 50% of your money before, yeah. you, before you even see it in the form of taxes. So that means you're working from January to June yeah. without paying yourself. <laughs> I mean, when, when you put it in that perspective- <laughs>
1: That sounds like my first year of entrepreneurship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It, it's one of those things to where if you can, if, you, if I can help as many people as I can discover the other end of things, because I mean, before I started having the feelings that you had back in the day, before I started mm-hmm. having those feelings, I had no idea that there were people that were living location independent lifestyles. I yeah, had no I idea, either. I had no idea that there was a such thing as passive income that I can make mailbox money in my sleep. I was not privy to any of that. And when I discovered that, I was just like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that people do this in real life? <laughs>
1: Hold up. Tell me. That's actually what happened to me is when I first met a guy, a work colleague who's, who ended up becoming my mentor, <laughs> I went to him and I, I met him on his rooftop pool deck at some high-rise in LA. And he was wearing flip-flops and khaki shorts. He didn't have – it was a business meeting, but he had no laptop, no briefcase, no anything. He had just gotten back from world traveling. And I sat there with my brows furrowed just staring at him. I was like, hmm. what? What? What's happening here? Like. Uh-huh. What what are you doing? Like what what is this thing? And he had created a location independent business. He you know all this stuff that you just said. And I was and I just like you. I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. You have got to tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Like I need to know every detail. (laughs) And and so that's kind of what led to me because I was fortunate to meet him. But like you say, like I didn't know that existed beforehand. So you know I I love that now we have podcasts and there's blogs and all this kind of stuff to get the word out. Because just like you, I just didn't know it was a thing. I would have pursued it a long time sooner. I just, I didn't know it was there.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. So Ellie, let's talk about maybe your first transaction, your first deal. Let, take us to that day. What does that look like? And, and how how were you able to benefit from that?
1: <laughs> well, so my first deal was an absolute failure, but yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm so grateful for it because so I had said that I had decided to go the business route and then something popped into my email inbox. And what popped into my email inbox was this webinar. And I don't know if I said it earlier, but if there is anything adventurous or rebellious or exciting sounding, I'm all over it. Like I just, I love having a good story. I love making people be like, huh? Like I just like shocking people. So this webinar said, invest in beachfront bungalows in Nicaragua starting at $99,000. And I was like, hold the phone. Because first of all, I had already looked around Southern California for rental property, like, you know, investments. And I had no idea what I was looking at, but everything seemed really overpriced and expensive. And I was like, I can't afford anything. And so the $99,000 really drew me in and beachfront, I mean, hello, you can't beat that. And then Nicaragua after I actually looked up where Nicaragua was, cause I thought it was in Africa, but it's Central America. And I was like, I don't know what this nonsense is, but I have to know more because if I can rattle people's feathers I love doing it. And what could rattle someone's feather more than knowing I bought a beachfront bungalow in freaking Nicaragua. Like, (laughs) I was like, I need to pursue this. So I watched the webinar thinking nothing of it. I assumed it was a scam. And. One thing led to another and I met the guys behind. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't a scam. Like, wait, this is for real. And so I ended up doing it. It was a pre-construction situation and I bought a couple properties down there. And unfortunately the development did not go, it did not work. And I I was almost wanting to judge myself for being stupid, but there were so many big name players in this. There were people who put millions into, you know, I, I realized I was not just a stupid investor. A lot of people really kind of lost out on this. But what was cool about it is... In that, that's what jump-started the networking with the guys who I eventually ended up going into business with and doing every... So everything I did, all the money I invested in Nicaragua, first of all, I got a heck of a lot of free trips to Nicaragua, and those were so fun. I missed that place. Like, I wanted to move there for the longest time. So I got amazing trips out of it, and truly, that deal is why I have my company today because that's what led to everything so I you know I could waste time looking at the money I lost on that deal or I could look at wow that's all I had to pay to get where I am now so but it luckily I made uh, successful investments later so you don't have to totally get rid of any investing advice I give but you know I at least I got my failure out of the way Early, I guess.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's a great that's a great first story because it's one of those things to where, you know, like you said, you got it out of the way early. So you knew what it felt mm-hmm. like. You knew you got some experiences that, that you can you can use in the future for, you know, future yeah. deals and things like that. So that's super amazing. So maybe Yeah, and
1: you know, with that too, with real estate, with entrepreneurship, with trying to do the lifestyle design thing you are going to have, well, I don't even call them failures. You're going to have hiccups and you're going to have stresses. And I very quickly and easily could have given up on real estate investing because I lost out on my first deal. And it is so imperative if you try and pursue this route to just hang in there. It's like a rite of passage. Like Things can't be that easy or everybody would do it. So- you know, cliche or not, it's totally true. But yeah, just no matter what happens, learn from it and keep going. It will absolutely pay out.
0: What is one of the best, or maybe the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And this this is this is not a real estate investment, by the way. But this can be an investment of money, of mm-hmm. time, or of energy.
1: Easily, my time and energy investment of that exploration period when I was looking for what to do because it it really allowed me, if I had just jumped into something, I I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And so the two things that I really learned during that exploration period were, number one, what most people learn, like different options out there, different ways I could go, like, you know, just kind of learning what's out there. But the second thing that I think was even more important and still is today is i started learning more about myself and i think self awareness is so huge in all of this because you need it to understand what real estate investing strategy route you want to go you need it as an entrepreneur so you can form your teams you know you need all this and and i didn't really have that beforehand so all day long had i not invested the time and been patient it's a whole freaking slow and steady wins the race I know it's frustrating and it requires patience and whatever but the just being patient and taking the time to explore everything I was able to realize where my place was and where my path was and you know had I not done that I'd Probably would have lost way more money than I ever have just pursuing things that were not me and really finding out what's in your natural grain is I I think it's, it's just game changing for your potential success later.
0: I love that, and we've been talking a whole lot, Ali, about the what. And we're going to talk about the the why and the how shortly. But let me ask you this: you know, so for a smart, a driven college student that's you know maybe entering the real world, or maybe a professional that's currently you know doing that day to day grind, what advice do you have for them? You know, as as this college student begins to enter the real world, or as this professional begins to look to create a, a, the ultimate lifestyle design, what advice do you have for them? And then to double back on that question, what advice should they ignore? And if you you can answer that first part. And then we can maybe get to that second part a little bit later, but what advice do you have for them?
1: Yeah. And even, even combining those really one of my favorite phrases of all time. And I say it all the time. I probably say it to myself every single day. And something that really helped me was don't take advice from someone you want and trade shoes with. And the idea is, you know, if you're looking for lifestyle design or financial freedom, and some guy sitting behind a desk working nine to five is telling you how you should be doing that, you might want to be a little leery about his advice because he's not living it. So it's like, well, you know, uh, okay. Versus the guy that I met on the rooftop, who's in flip-flops and had just traveled the world and was actually doing what it was I wanted. I was like, I'm going to pen and paper, tell me everything you want to tell me any advice you want to give me, because he was doing it. And so, you know, for someone starting out, there is no reason with where we are today with the internet and with podcasts and blogs. I think the best thing you can do is find the people who are doing what it is you want to do and start listening to them and start taking their advice. And it's not to say that anyone else who offers you advice along the way that you should just get rid of it and trash it, you know, listen to it, but then consider the source and can, and feel if it resonates with you or not. But people are already doing this. So there's no reason to reinvent the wheel, find the people who you click with, who you resonate with, listen to their stuff, reach out to them, connect with them and find out what they're doing. And that really is what, helped did it for me because like, like we both said, we didn't even know this existed. But then once I realized it existed, why try and figure it out all on my own when people are doing it left and right. So I think networking and mentoring in that regard is so helpful. I mean, it's just, it really, it's a big one.
0: Wise words from a wise woman. You know, it's one thing that I always stress to my clients. Whenever you're looking to do anything in this world, Find somebody who's already done that before. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You do yeah. not have to create a new unproven system or a new unproven formula just because you're an entrepreneur. No, you literally yeah. can go find somebody who's done exactly what you're looking to do. And like you said, in this day and age, there are podcasts, there are YouTube videos, there are blog posts, and people are willing to share this information. And yeah. Take it one step further if you're able to not only research and look up the things that they're doing and emulate that, but taking it one step further, if you're able to work with that person, if you're able yeah. to find the guy on the rooftop with, with flip-flops yeah. and work with the person, find <laughs> yeah. a way to work with that person. I mean, that's that's going to propel your journey so much more faster than anything else. And it's the best advice that I could possibly have you have given on the show. So I appreciate you for giving that.
1: And the underlying message of that too is so many people, especially all of us who want to be entrepreneurs or whatever, we're pretty smart people. We're very capable. We're used to being able to do things on our own, but this is not a game of proving that you can do things on your own and you can only go so far by yourself, put the ego aside and bring, bring in a team, get the power horses, get the mentor, get, you know, letting people in and letting, you know, the collaborations happen and just not trying to do it on your own because there's no reason for it. And you're just not gonna, you're never gonna succeed as much as you would if you brought let all those other people in. And again, you know, being cognizant when you're shopping for those people, again, don't take advice from someone you want to trade shoes with, but when you find the people who are really doing it, let them in and let them help.
0: I love that. I love that. So Allie, how did your portfolio and your life and your real estate investing, how did that unfold from work slash not not work trips to Nicaragua? What what happened next? And how did you just start putting your best foot forward after that?
1: Well, you know, so much of it, it's really like I always say with life, you know, life is a journey. It's not an event. Like we're constantly on a journey. We're never to the end goal. And so much of it for me was the minute I jumped into true entrepreneurship, like I had quit my corporate job and I was doing this full time and I was freaking out, wondering how I was going to pay my next month's rent, the whole, the whole shebang. That started, aside from having to start a business at the same time, it started such a journey for me in learning who I was. Because I think we said something about it earlier where I grew up under the impression that I was a certain way. I was the math nerd and the left brain, analytical, control freak and whatever. And entrepreneurship really forced me to kick a lot of that to the side. And I've, I've done, even in the midst of it, I've gotten a lot into uh, like psychology world. Like I, I went to school for that after a little while later. And I really, I love the psychology and the things. And through this whole thing, I have learned so much about myself and what it, and how I really like, I was shy the whole time I grew up and now I can talk to a fence post. Like I, it's just, it's like, wait, what's ha-? And People are like, man, you should talk a lot. Like you never talked as a kid. And you know, just this whole thing. And I now don't even remember your original question. Uh, <laughs> I got I so it. into this, like, like, like reminiscing of like, Oh, what a fun journey that has been. And uh, I tell you a lot, but see.
0: Well, we're at the journey. We're talking about that journey and we're trying to figure out how did, how did, I mean, how did you progress down that journey? How did you yeah. go from a failed investment in Nicaragua to who you are today? What was next? How did you start getting more and more involved in real estate?
1: It was, well, by the time Nicaragua was happy, like I, the real estate thing had started. And I think the biggest thing for me was following what was presented to me. And sometimes it wouldn't always make sense. I even think about this today. Like something may come up and I'm like, oh, that doesn't really seem to make sense. But it's like, hey, it was so gracefully presented to me. Let me just pursue it and see what happens. And that's really where the real estate thing happened. And like, this is more kind of business talk, but I always say that I had 173 business ideas and only one of them has worked. And it was my current company. And the difference was with that company versus all of my other ideas is. I never knew what the end game was going to be. I knew generally that I wanted to make you know enough money to pay my expenses or whatever, but I didn't know what the company was going to look like. I didn't, I wasn't going to, I didn't know the structure of the company. I didn't know how all this was going to play out. So all I could do through my whole thing of entrepreneurship is just do the best that I could every single day. And what really came of that is the company built itself. Like I did the work, but it formed its own thing. I couldn't have created this company had I thought about it ahead of time. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to create a real estate company. Like, what's I going to look like? I I couldn't have planned this if I tried. And so, you know, kind of the answer to your question is just following everything. I just following it, and just you know, wherever the directions took me, I just kind of followed to see where I'd land, and that's that's where everything really got created.
0: I love that. I love that, Allie. And you know, again, it's a testament to knowing your goal when you don't actually have a goal in mind, like many of us, we have this mentality that, you know, we we just like, we, we want to travel, we want to make a whole lot of money. And, that's the goal. I mean, that's, that's the goal. But that, that's not really a goal. That's, yeah. you know, even, even money in itself, that's not an actual goal. Money is a vehicle. Money is a, is a yeah. means for exchange. And you have to actually have concrete, formidable goals. And when it comes to business, again, I, I mean, I think I started just about the same amount of businesses, maybe 174.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, man, you're a one hour
0: And it wasn't until I started defining the lifestyle that I wanted. I started yeah. defining goals that i was looking to achieve and i was able to actually put it on paper and i was able to actually monitor you know if yeah. what's not what's not measured is not managed and you know same thing with working out same thing with relationships when you're when you're mm-hmm. actually measuring these things and you're, you're 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 having you know you're drawing a conclusion from one week to the next or from one month to the next that's when you see progress that's when you see growth yeah. but when you have an idea you have an idea to become an entrepreneur, you have an idea to become a real estate investor, but there's no goal. And because there's no goal, you can't create a plan there. I mean, there's in itself, if you have no goal, how can you create a plan? You know, it right. just, it just doesn't correlate. And there's a famous saying, I forgot who said it, but it's, you know, hundreds of years old, but plans are are, are pointless. I mean, plans are, are a waste, but planning is everything.
1: Yeah. So, oh, I like that. All,
0: yeah. So although those plans may not ever come into fruition, the plan, that, the, the fact that you have plans, that you've planned them, that you're going towards a specific desired goal, that planning is going to get you somewhere farther than you ever thought possible because you're taking action that most of us don't take. So, Ali, let's talk about, you know, maybe when you let's switch subjects a little bit, maybe when you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused or you, you've temporarily lost focus, what do you do to get you back in alignment? What do you do to get you back in the zone?
1: You know, it really, it it kind of varies. You know, one thing I will say about being location independent is I learn I've learned along the way, for instance, if I go travel, I can still work. And so what I found is that if I actually want a vacation, I have to force myself out of range and to force myself to stop working because it's so easy to keep working. And so like on the bigger side of it, like taking a true vacation, and I mean a true one with no work know anything, which is hard to do these days, but I'll purposely go international or somewhere where there's no signal. So I can't log on. That always helps kind of bring me back, clear my head. And I like, I need a week or something of not working because I'm able to do it so often. It's always in my head, but then on the smaller side of it, You know, if it's just like a day to day, it's really just a, it's a get out of the house. And what I, one thing that I think is always really helpful and I probably don't even do it enough is to go out. Like last night, I actually went out to dinner with a couple friends who wanted to talk about real estate and I'm going to help them buy a property and all that. Just being with them for two or three hours it took me so out of my normal zone and out of my, you know, I was able to engage with them and not think about my own stuff all the time. And just that felt so refreshing. Like it's really, you know, you have to, you have to give yourself leeway to relax or go on a Netflix binge or go on vacation or whatever, because in my experience, the more you keep just going and going and going things are going to get cloudier and cloudier and cloudier. But when you can give yourself a true mental break, it kind of clears the clouds a little bit and lets you kind of refocus.
0: I love that. And this, I think this is a perfect segue to kind of talk about lifestyle design and how to kind of go about that process. I mean, let, let's maybe use your friends for an, for an example, the friends that you went to dinner with, you know, maybe they're looking for a specific type of lifestyle. Maybe they're wanting to get into real estate to create passive income so that they can travel the world and live the life of their dreams. So mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, and you may not have any concrete steps that you've actually thought of and formulated and and given to people, but maybe think about a few things that can help people in that situation along the way to get them on their path, to get them on their journey to whatever lifestyle design it is that they're looking to achieve.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I, I talk about this so often because I think it's so imperative, is realizing the difference between working In your business or in your real estate investments versus actually just, well, like, well, with real estate investing, are you working as a real estate investor or are you just investing? And then if you start a company or you start a business, are you having to work the whole time? Or do you have employees like, you know, like Robert Kiyosaki talks all the time about working in your business versus owning a business? And I think it is the absolute number one key message in relation to what you're talking about is that if lifestyle design is your goal you have got to keep things on the passive side and there is such a difference in passive versus active in either business or real estate investing so for a business one of my favorite books talks about a woman who started like a cupcake shop or whatever it was and she's working in a cupcake shop making the cupcakes like huh traction no, this one—the uh, EMF. I don't even know. If the EMF. The E-myth yeah. oh. Yeah. oh my yeah. god, I love. I'm obsessed with the EMF. I love it. <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a profound distinction. It's like, what is the point in opening a cupcake shop if you are the one making the cupcakes the whole time? Because then you're the same as a cupcake employee. Like you are required for that money to come in. So the same with real estate investing. If you are actively flipping a house or wholesaling, you are required, your work and your effort is required in order to get a paycheck. Later down the road you get set up flipping systems and get out of it. But versus let's say you buy a rental property, you can be very hands-on with a rental property. You can get a property that needs fixing up and then you are the landlord. That requires your time versus when I buy rental properties, I have someone else do all the work and then I have a property manager manage the property. So my favorite lifestyle design kind of explanation of this is I was in Nicaragua one time. I was sitting in in the pool or next to the pool or something. I had a pina colada in my hand and my property manager calls or texts or something and says hey, a storm just blew through half the roof off of one of your properties blew off. And I was like, okay, cool. And I called the insurance company. I said, hey, I need to file a claim. Here's the number, my property manager to meet him, you know, so the adjuster can go out. They were like, cool, thanks. I sent him a text saying, hey, cool, they'll call you. And he goes, cool. And I never put my pina colada down one time. I never left the pool. And I never thought twice about it again until I got a picture in my email saying, cool, everything's fixed. And that is that is so distinctly different than working in your properties so it's this whole idea of passive versus active as you have got to understand what you're getting into if you want to do this via real estate. Awesome. But realize that a lot of real estate investing strategies are very active. And so you're not trying to create a second job for yourself, which is very easy and quick to do. So you really want to pursue this passive thing because that's what opens you up to then, you know, go travel when you want or whatever. It's all about you not being required to be there in whatever way you're going to structure this.
0: I love that. I love that. That's beautifully said, Ali. And, you know, you talk about that example and the E-Myth and, you know, I can't remember the exact terminology, but I think he breaks it down to three different, three different phases or three different yeah. positions in a the business. There's the technician, yep. there's, there's a the manager, and I think there's the entrepreneur. I, I don't know if yeah. I have the terminology right, but it, yeah. it was three. Yes. And exactly it's similar was- to Okay, so yeah, so you know, when you when you start out that business, you're, you're gonna op, you're gonna wear all three hats. You're gonna be the technician. You're gonna be the manager. You're gonna be the entrepreneur, and you slowly have to get out of those positions so that you can be the visionary of the business and that yeah. you can create the, this lifestyle design that you see fit. And Ali, you've been able to do that successfully. So let's maybe talk about your lifestyle design today. I mean, I think we're talking to you out of LA right now. And you know, it's one of those things where we're maybe even talking to you from home. So you've been able to create a lifestyle design you've always envisioned. And some of the listeners are looking to do that. But before we talk about how they're able to do that, let's talk about your lifestyle design. Now, what does your life look like? What are you doing on a daily basis? And what do you, you know, how are you segmenting the work and the fun that you're having in your life?
1: Oh man, my favorite topic. Well, just to give you a perspective today, I totally slept in. I think I I don't know, I woke up at like ten, but then I kind of lounged. I was like, well, I could just lay here and shut my eyes and I I think I meandered out of bed somewhere right after eleven. I made some coffee. I actually recorded another podcast earlier and then now I'm sitting here on my couch, still in my pajamas. And then later, I think I'm going to go to, I was debating earlier, I was like, should I go to my workout tonight? And then I was like, I kind of want to do drinks with a friend tonight. So that's today, but every day is really different. So one of the, you were talking earlier about like the why, like it's not just, I want to travel the world. It's like, what's really driving you. And one of the things for me was when I was flight instructing, I love flight instructing. I love teaching. I love flying airplanes, but the money is not that great. And so- I knew back then that I never wanted to rely on the income from flight instructing because I was afraid it would make me resent it for starters and it's not great income. And I distinctly had in my head that I wanted to be in a position where I was making money elsewhere so that I could go teach flying for fun. And so now I do that. I actually met with a student last night and uh, we We're going to fly last night, but weather messed us up. And the night before, we flew. And so, very often, several times a week, I, you know, between waking up late and working out or something, I pop over to the airport, I fly with a student, I get to have fun with that. Then I, I mean, truly, no two days for me are the same. And the most of what I'm doing, I'm either, well, sleeping in is really my big priority. <laughs> I do actually sit down and work. But the cool thing about when I work is I get to do it when I want. I love working at midnight. No, no distractions, no anything. So I'm more likely working at night. I write for a big website. So I might be writing an article for them, which I just remembered I have to do tonight. Um, <laughs> I might be flying airplanes. I work out a lot. In the winter, I'm constantly hopping in the car and heading out to go snowboarding. So I'll wake up, go snowboarding or skiing, and then come home and work at night. My parents live an hour and a half out of here, and I love hanging out of their house. So like this weekend, I'll just kind of pop out there and go do Father's Day, and and then and then my big thing late. I I love my my newest thing is I volunteer a lot in prisons, and so I'm constantly in prison all the time. I was in prison <laughs> Sunday and Monday of this week, and so when I got back from the prison road trip on Monday, I went over to a friend's house and hung out. We went and got massages and then went out to eat. And then I mean, I wandered home. Like I really, I just, I float all over the place. And the coolest thing about it is every single thing that I do, I get to decide when I do it or if I do it. Like even my flying schedule, I can block myself off. I can open myself up. I can take a student. I don't have to take a student. My real estate company, I can work it whenever I want to. If I want to disappear on vacation for a week, which I just did a couple months ago to Alaska, I have employees. So I can be like, Hey guys, I'm peacing out, you know, keep things going for me. And they're like, okay, cool. I just, I have the ultimate flexibility to do what I do or don't want to do at any time which that I just you know it's not that I don't work I work a ton but it's on my terms and it's on my schedule and it's occasionally I can't sleep in because I gotta wake up and do something but you know like it's it's just having that freedom to I get to do everything I want to do when I want to do it which is fantastic
0: Ali, I literally really do not want to end this interview. Like, There's so much more to, to discuss, but <laughs> this has been amazing, Millie. and it's one of those interviews to where we didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of real estate, but we talked about the primary focus of the show. We talked about that ultimate lifestyle design, how you've been able to achieve it, and it's funny because most of us, we, we have this vision, and we, we, we know what we want, but... It's either we can't clearly define it or we can't, can't clearly define a path to it. And right. it's one of those things to where we're really hung up on that. But hopefully through your message and what we've discussed on the show, go after it.
1: Yeah. Fail.
0: Fail as much as possible. Fail as fast yeah. as possible. Fail yeah. as quickly as possible. Fail fast, but make sure that you're failing forward. Yeah. Because everything the failure is not a failure, it's feedback. And it's feedback to tell you what you shouldn't do or what yeah. you don't like or what's not right with this or what you need to tweak. Yeah. And when you're able to take that feedback and apply it to your new situation, your failure is going to be a lot less. It's going to be a lot. It's not only going to be a lot less as far as, you know, costly or, you know, with your time, with your energy, but you're going to fail a lot less. And you're going to be able to teach people how to succeed, how to find the success on the other and the failure. So it's one of those things that it's almost like a reciprocal, you know, value added thing to where the failures that you have, they're going to define you. They're going to help you, but they're going to help people after you. And then through that help, they're going to help people, you know, after them. It's just like, you know, this thing that's constantly giving back. And again, with, with pure success, you can't have that. It's just simply not possible. So Yeah, yeah, and and like
1: we could, you know, there's so many, it's it's so important what you're saying is that we could give how-tos all day long, but... At the end of the day, if you don't have the mindset and you don't have the psychology in preparation for the how-to's, the how-to's are going to be absolutely worthless. But like, because you have to be ready to fail, you have to be ready to explore things, you have to be ready for all these things. So I, I love what you said. Is I didn't even think about it. We totally kept it very big picture, but it's so important before to understand all of that long before you get into the how-to's because you can make anything happen with the right mindset. It, the how-to's not even it, you know, you can come up with your own health too. You can do different things, but it's all about that beginning mindset and just being patient with yourself and being ready for the journey. It's, there's, they call it the entrepreneurial coaster for a reason, whether you're starting a business or doing real estate investing. But if you can be ready for all that before it happens, you're really setting yourself up to have a good chance for success.
0: Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book?
1: Because we've talked a lot about real estate investing, I have to stick with the original Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I have different, you know, the E-Myth is my favorite business book, but in the spirit of passive income and future lifestyle design and real estate investing, I don't think anyone could possibly achieve it having not read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for sure.
0: Boom, there you have it. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool.
1: Okay. So here's a funny story. So my cell phone is from 2012 and it is so old now that most apps don't work on it anymore. I think I'm down to like Instagram and my email. I am very, I'm surprisingly technologically uninclined. I've never even had a Facebook page. So I actually do not have one to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know what I'll go with. I'll go with Instagram app because if you have lifestyle design and you post all your cool pictures, people will respond. So Instagram is a fantastic way to broadcast all the cool stuff that you're doing as a lifestyle designer. There we go. <laughs> there
0: we go, there we go. Allie, So Ali, give, give our, our listeners your Instagram. Maybe they'll follow you.
1: Oh, fun. I would love, I'm so bad at Instagram too. I don't have that many followers. It's at aliboon.com. So it's spelled A L I. B-O-O-N-E-D-O-T-C-O-M. So the dot is spelled out. Aliboom.com. Oh my God. I would be so I've never even thought about pitching that like on a podcast. Like <laughs> no. if I get Instagram followers, how freaking cool. And when you follow me, send me a message and tell me you found me on this podcast.
0: That'd be amazing. And when you said Aliboom.com, I was like, wait, what? And then you've spelled it. I was like, oh, she really means that. So that's a pretty cool Instagram. I love it. So what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed
1: oh sleeping in it really people can say what they want about it and i can call me lazy or whatever but responding to what my body wants what my brain wants and just my joys i just it's so happy and joyful
0: <laughs> I love, I love, ali that's well said and i love it so next question what sacrifices did you know that you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today
1: well i didn't know it going into it but i was really gonna have to what i found out that i had to sacrifice and i absolutely did have to sacrifice is a lot of this misperception of being in control and i was such a control freak before i was a friendly one i wasn't a total pain about it but you know i was trained to be in control i'm trained to fly airplanes i'm trained to problem solve and I really had to let go of this control thing. And that was, and it's a great sacrifice. I mean, Rock, I can promise you, I have not missed an ounce of my control freakness. I still have my tendencies for it, but sacrificing this, it really is such a misperception that we're actually in control of anything, we're not. We are so not in control of anything on this planet. So just sacrificing that whole misbelief about the idea of control.
0: Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why?
1: It was the guy on the rooftop, easily. He's the one who put this entire idea in my head, made made me realize that it's actually a thing. And then he was originally a real estate mentor for me because he was one of the real estate guys. And he helped me in this money mindset and real estate mindset, but then when I started my company he really showed up as a business mentor for me and I'll tell you I don't think I would have survived the entrepreneurial roller coaster without him because there were so many times I was ready to just throw in the towel and I was like "Uh, oh. well there were way different words coming out of my mouth at the time but you know I was standing at the edge of the cliff and I was ready to just be done and I would threaten having to go become a bartender and all that and just because he had been through it himself he was able to talk me through it reel me back in Give me motivation, and yeah, it was it was the guy on the roof. Oh, I should write a book called like The Guy on the Rooftop. I was like, <laughs> oh, how cool would that be?
0: <laughs> and I don't know if this was just kind of in your conversation, but you said he was one of the real estate guys. Do you mean that he was he, he's a part of that company, the real estate guys? Like, is he is it Robert or? Oh no,
1: or? not the actual real estate guy. Oh yeah, I totally forgot. They have a radio show or something. No, he is not one of those real estate. He was just. Oh like,
0: okay real okay real okay guy. got it got it got it. Okay,
1: My, okay. Uh real estate cohorts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Got it. Okay. Good okay. Player. Cool. Because cool. Cool. I'm, I'm going, I'm actually going to the, the real estate guys. One of their conferences is upcoming. Uh, oh, nice. up.
1: you know, I've heard good things about them, but I've actually never met them or even experienced any other stuff. I've, I hear great things all the time though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They are amazing. I'm actually going to the, this conference for the second time because nice. it's that powerful. So, so anyways, last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions?
1: I think it's one of two things. Well, I guess they kind of tie back to each other either. It's just a fear, which I really kind of counter that with. If you actually really look at what is the worst thing that can happen truly. And when you really kind of identify that, you realize that it's, we don't really need to be that fearful of it. So it's fear and just really, I think a lack of self-confidence and which kind of ties into the fear thing of just doubting that we can actually do it or doubting that we're going to survive it or doubting that we're going to succeed. You know, so many people are scared of this fear of failure thing. And it's like, who cares if you fail, like truly, what does that matter? So it's just, I think it's just an internal resistance or internal holdback out of just not trusting that A, we're going to be okay and B, that we can actually do this.
0: Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Mrs. Allie Bone. Allie, this has simply been an amazing interview. I want to thank you so much for your insights, for walking us through through your journey, through your story, through the man on the roof and and, the, and all of it. I mean, this has been simply amazing. And, you know, I got a lot of value out of the show. I hope our listeners have as well. If they want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you?
1: Well, the easiest way, I always welcome direct emails. My email address is ali, A-L-I, at hipsterinvestments.com. Although, now that I say that, I'm probably setting myself up for getting put on all sorts of spam accounts. But you can always (laughs) email me directly. Say hi. Say you found me on this podcast. I'd love to, I mean, even if you don't need anything from me, just say hi. I love meeting new people. And then my company's website is hipsterinvestments.com. And then my more recent consulting website, which is just kind of a placeholder, there's nothing fancy about it, is just allieboon.com. That's actually an allieboon.com. So A L I B O N E dot com <laughs> versus <laughs> dot being <spelled> out. <laughs> and that, I'm so excited about that Instagram thing. Oh my God, find me on Instagram. I can't <laughs> imagine getting followers. That'll be so fun.
0: For sure. For sure. And hopefully you will. This is the first Instagram shout out we've done. So we'll see how that goes. And we may have to do more in the future. So Allie, this is, again, this has been amazing. And, you know, again, it's one of those interviews where I'm just like, oh, we should have went longer, but I love every single moment of it.
1: Hey, we can always do a part two. I'm all, I love doing this. So yeah, anytime. (laughs) but thank you for having me. I loved it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before The Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That's beforethemillions.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place. To find out if we can help you do the same, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I'm Dorel Allier and let's talk soon.